driver, you were just maneuvering us. All right. I'm ready when you are. So our mission is to serve the young people that need us most. We want them to be productive. We want them to be caring. We want them to be responsible. What does that look like? It starts with the interview process. When someone's sitting across the table and they want to work for the Boys and Girls Clubs, we make sure that they understand that any kid who is a part of the Boys and Girls Clubs, we accept them for who they are regardless of their personal interest. For several of the persons who are on my, what I call, wall of fame in my office, uh, several of those persons are very unique. And many of the things that they believe in, uh, the community may not feel the same way. But when they're here with us, we want to make sure they understand that they're in a safe space, regardless of who they love or how they feel. But it's our job as staff members to make sure that every kid each and every day feels safe in our club space. At the club, we have the unique opportunity. We talk about whole youth development, whole youth service. And I think it uniquely positions us to build really deep relationships because we get to learn about the kids. But we learn about their parents and we meet them and we spend a lot of time together doing a lot of different things. From the homework help, to the sitting on the steps of the playground and just sitting there and talking or swinging in a swing next to a kid. And it's amazing when you do those things with kids and you're just kind of quiet. You ask them a couple questions, you check in on them, and they just start sharing. Now, there are moments where kids will give us something that is very personal, where we'll have to look at the kid and say, this is not my lane, but I want you to know that I support you. And it's really those moments that the deep relationships are formed. And I think for every staff person that spends any time here, there are kids that just are that for you, and you will never, ever forget them. I'm Rebecca Meadows. I have the honor of being the CEO of Boys and Girls Clubs of Southwest Virginia. My name is Calvin Curry, Director of Operations for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southwest Virginia, and I've been here uh, October the 1st, will be 12 years. On today's episode, we are embarking on a powerful exploration on the topic of acceptance and how Boys and Girls Club is a driving force in creating more inclusive communities. On the fourth episode of the Magic Within podcast, we are confronting this topic today through the lens of the club being a place where all are accepted and no one is judged for their background, belief, or circumstances. We'll hear from Pinnacle Financial's Tori Ratliff-Ives, who shares with us about her own personal battle growing up feeling different and how she now serves as a mentor to local young people. Through inspiring stories and uplifting experiences from one club family, we'll discover how the club fosters inclusion and empowers local youth to thrive and make their mark on the world. We are thrilled to have you listening in as we celebrate diversity, unity, and the transformative impact of the club's initiatives in fostering a sense of belonging for all young individuals in our community. Episode 4 is sponsored by Carmoose. Let's get started. The inclusivity of everybody. You see other kids that actually get off the bus and are just so excited to be here. And they're happy and they run down that hill. Like, they don't want to miss anything. And they get so happy to see their staff and excited and and. And they feel comfortable. They feel safe. I think the 
two major things Boys and Girls Club has. It's just the safety and the welcoming. So my name is Liz Quintana. Um, I'm a board member for the Boys and Girls Club since 2020. I am also a club parent for the last seven and a half years. We moved here from New York and I was looking for some after-school care um, for my kids. And my brother who lives here, he's like, hey, maybe you should try the Boys and Girls Club. My name's Lily. I'm 14. I go to the Boys and Girls Club and I go to Patrick Henry High School. Lily was a little bit, she was shy and she was scared and she was so young. She started here, she was in second grade. Yes, it did take me, came in first grade and I wasn't really as open as I am now. So it took me to like the middle of the second grade year to really like get comfortable with everybody. Tyler, Tyler has always been a little bit of a loner, quiet. All right, my name is Tyler Turner. At the moment, I am about to be a senior in VCU studying of communication arts. I'm an introverted nerd. I, I usually just be staying inside, reading or drawing comics, playing video games, normal stuff like that, right? Now I'm more bold with it. Like, I'll just walk up to be like, hey, what's your name? What are you doing? Or like, I'll just join conversations and be like, yeah, I agree. I agree, just randomly. So I feel like I'm more bold with making friends and I'm more open about it. What is it like being in an introverted household with a very extroverted sister? Hey, por Dios, she's always trying to do something. Like, yo, can you, like, just, like, chill, yo? Tell me about your brother. What's that like, having a brother like Tyler? We get along great. We talk almost every day. I love him. He is really cool. I tell him about a bunch of stuff. Since we are, we're closer in age, and he's already been through high school, so I'm like, Tyler, who's this? Tyler, what do I do in this situation? Tyler, help. So he definitely does help me a lot in my day-to-day life. And being able to look at him as more of a friend than a brother and being able to have that open relationship with him, that's great. Anything else you would say about your sister? Because we're going to be interviewing her, too. Uh, she a punk. Uh, <laughs> I hate her out. a lot. It's like, no, I love her very much. <laughs> she's still a punk, but she's, she's my favorite punk, the illest one alive. No one's like her. Love her very much. Well, as my mom mentioned, my Theo David, my Uncle David, mentioned that the Boys and Girls Club would probably be a good spot for us to go, and we went here, and we've enjoyed it ever since. But he started opening up and actually talking to other people and wanted to go and do all these outings that they do, and I was like, okay, this is good. They both have created friendships that have lasted until today. I mean, Tyler is going to be a senior in college and Lily is going to be a high school freshman. And they still talk to those same friends that they have made here. So the first time we talked, you said some really amazing things about coming to the club and finding kind of friends here and and what that was like. Now you're a little bit older, you know, and maybe have a little bit more perspective on it. What is it what, is that, what did that mean for you? Like, how did that feel to, to find that here at the Boys and Girls Club? Um, it meant a lot, especially since being myself, like my personality, I used to always be like shy down and like didn't want to speak. So I didn't feel like my personality shows. 
because being a kid everyone at school they all have their own cliques so when you're new or like people tell you that you don't fit in trying to find your clique or people that will accept you for who you are it's difficult like i used to get bullied a lot and be like so upset so like being able to come here after school and have your friends and have people who understand you and tell you that you're good enough they'd be like lily you're perfect the way you are like don't worry about it just being able to have them in my corner to remind me like i'm perfect the way i am is really great and and what was that kind of like at first you know you said you moved here from new york was there a bit of you know a culture shock was there you know oh yes (laughs) can you tell tell us about what that was like when you first moved here um so we moved here from new york it's funny because when you come visit a place and you're at a place visiting for a week or th- stuff, you don't realize certain things, you know? Our first thing was um, how everything closes early. Once you move and you're like, whoa, um, it was definitely a culture shock. It worked out, um, but it took adjustment. So I am from Lynchburg, um, and left at 18, went to college and haven't moved back and still have family there, but that's where I initially grew up. And Tyler has always, always played the drum to his own beat. Tyler doesn't care to be a leader or a follower. He's just who he is. When I did come back after college, you know, I came out in my early 20s. It was very still difficult to be in, to be gay and to be out um, back in the 90s. So I'm telling on my age there, but you're made to feel less than a person and not loved and not accepted. That's why it's so important that we're out there, you know, we're visible to those that want to be a part of um, our programs and our center and know that they have a safe place to come to. First insult I heard when I came down here is I, I got called a Yankee. I'm like, well, it's a Yankee. You talk, you're not talking about a baseball team, are you? I, I never even knew that was a thing down here until I moved here. So I'm like, oh, okay, they're probably going to call me that the whole time, but that's fine. We have been called by many liberals or Yankees. You obviously get your racist remark, remarks sadly and get being told you're a Yankee, you're like... You're a woman, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna help? So she definitely has faced that. I know that's been a struggle for her. It's it's so psychologically wearing on somebody that it's so easy for many those different thoughts to pop into your head about about suicide and about self-harm and, and as you get older, um, they subside as you know, when you find love and you find support. Um, but you always have a, a form of PTSD from your your baggage, so to speak, you know, just all the things that you grew up having to accept and not being able to say what you want to say and be who you want to be. But like I said, she's still thriving and she still manages to make it through. Um, I know it's not always easy for her being a single mama too, but she does a great job. So it's so important to, to, for us grown-ups to recognize that and to show those kids where they can get the help that they need because it doesn't just go away. It, it subsides 
and you deal with it, but then, you know, you, you just, you learn to be a better version of who you used to be. Honestly, having the mom that I do, I was, I was basically always taught to accept people for who they are. But that's how I raised my kids, you know, like, we don't care who you are, where you come from, what orientation, we just care about your heart. It doesn't matter. She is definitely the woman I aspire to be as I get older, because going through all the conflicts she has being a Hispanic woman in Roanoke, Virginia, she has made through it all. She has gotten to where she wants to be, and she's still thriving and still trying to get to more places. So I admire her for that. She has taught me, like I said, to be comfortable with myself. She taught me it's okay to be different. Like, that's, that's my best friend. Uh, did you have someone like that growing up for you that, that, you know, no matter what was going on or that you could go to or mentor or a friend or someone like that? <laughs> um, I would say, unfortunately, I did not. So, sorry, it's a really vulnerable thing to talk about yourself with this. So, sure. I think that I, I kind of am that person now. Um, it's a big responsibility. It's it's something I take very personally. I, I I don't want to lose any kid to what I had to go through as a child. So I wanted to make sure that I was in a in, in a community in an area where I felt safe. I found that Roanoke was where I wanted to be. So it's it's important for us older. <laughs> LGBTQ plus community members to step up and, and be in that role. My name is Tori Ratliff Ives, and I am a financial specialist uh, at Pinnacle Financial Partners downtown, uh, which is basically the retail side of lending and account opening and banking and all that. I got married and I've not really been a part of, of the LGBTQ community. Um, I've been very in a hole, so to speak, you know, in a, when you're just busy with life. So when I found the Diversity Center, um, it, it allowed me to give back what, what I so longed and wanted for as a, as a teenager. Being a part of the Diversity Center, that's kind of initially what got me involved, but then also Pinnacle Financial Partners and my area president at the time, David Allen, was extremely supportive of me joining the board and being a part of it and and really um, creating Pinnacle in a different light than, than just a bank that, you know, we're heavily involved in the community. I'm also on the Council of Community Services, so I mean, being involved in every little facet of Roanoke where we can improve where we live and and make it a, a, a great place to live and work in and our kids as they grow up. I mean, if they want to stay here, it's important for them to know that this is a, a safe place and it's a great place to live and it has a lot going on. Um, but we all have to work together to, to make it better. And that's, I mean, that's anybody. That's, that's being a human, so. In the beginning, it wasn't that much of an effort of the community. But still, in the beginning, the Boys and Girls Club, they had 
a few young people from the LGBT community, um, people from different backgrounds um, and races and cultures. And once I saw that here, I knew that at some point it was going to spill over to the community because that's what happens. When you look at the climate of what's going on in our country right now and how divisive things are, we want to be the exact opposite of that. When I, when I look at our mission uh, to enable all young people, especially those that need us most. So some kids who are bullied at school where they don't want to go to school because there are so many people who are not accepting, we want them to come here with joy, where they don't have to hide who they are, where they can speak freely about the things that they love and who they love without us being judgmental. I, I tell new staff members, leave the judgment outside, that this is not the space for it. Do I have my own personal beliefs? Absolutely. But when a kid says, Mr. Calvin, this is what I love, I support them. And, and how important is it to have that as part of the Boys and Girls Club mission? It's everything that we do. And everyone here at the club, they encourage you to accept people for who they are, as they should, because I'm sure everyone's different, but we're all people, right? It's so important for Boys and Girls Club. I, you know, I had no idea how inclusive and, and accepting and, and how nurturing the club is. I don't want to be in an environment where kids come here and say, I cannot speak freely about who I am. Just to have that that safe space for these kids to come in and everything else just goes away. Um, I mean, I don't know why we grown-ups can't do that, you know, for each other sometimes. Just try to understand where people come from because you also have to understand people go home to their own issues. Everybody has things that they're dealing with. Just trying to understand where people are coming from and just trying to be kind. It's hard not to feel the good vibes from here, to be honest. Everyone here is just for lack of a better term, chilling. We're all just trying to improve together, learn, and have a good time. It's, it's very magical for that. It's hard to find a place where you could just come here, relax, and enjoy the company. My kids are awesome, and my kids, they'll talk to anybody, and that is one of the things that the club here promotes to talk to everybody in the club. So my mom, she always did teach me and my brother to have an open mind and understand that there are different cultures, different races and things like that. But I feel like coming to the club that really opened it. I know kids in our club who are Christian, who are Jewish, who are Muslim, kids who do not believe in God. They're welcomed at the Boys and Girls Club. And just being able to like, learn to kindly ask like, oh, like my friend Manchima, she wears a hijab. So I remember asking her like, oh, why do you wear that? And she told me and we were best friends to this day. And just being able to understand that like everybody has different cultures, they have different religions and just being able to learn about that, I think that's really cool. That speaks to, to what we do. All these little organizations coming together that just to help the kids and not really having an agenda to, to put push onto them, um, but really it was just about them being nurtured and, and their growth as, as humans. That allows the kids to see and feel like it is okay to be you and however you are, that is accepted here. 
one of the great joys I had during my time of, of interviewing was trying to get a very diverse group of people uh, who could work for us as staff. So when I was interviewing staff members, I would make sure they would understand that great diversity allows all of our club kids that they should be able to find someone in the club environment who they can relate to. But I feel like they have definitely helped me, especially being a young girl. I don't know, I feel like they've definitely helped me to understand how a young lady should act and how to present myself being a female, especially Hispanic one. Also, it helped me mature as a man, because like having, because living with just my mom, I don't always have a father figure, but this place with some of the staff here, they're, they're like brothers to me darn near. It's, it's pretty great. So I feel like they definitely helped me with that and being able to be comfortable within myself and to understand like Lily is perfect the way she is. She makes mistakes, but everybody else does. So they would like give me like little affirmations and reminders. Being acknowledged for my work here has definitely given me more confidence and made me more proud of what I am capable of. And it made me want to show people what I'm capable of. We want to hear their dream and help them realize what their dream is. This place has honestly helped me grow a lot more than I thought it would. I came here expecting, oh, it'd just be some cool thing to do after school. I get to meet some people and have fun and that's it. But now nah, you, 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 you grow here, you learn, you mature and that's probably the best thing about the Boys and Girls Club. When we can all come together from our different perspectives um, and be more inclusive, well, I mean, things seem to be a lot more magical and it, it drives us to want to do more and be more. So you did Youth of the Year? Yes, I did. Tell me about that. Um, so I was able to win for our club and it was an amazing experience and just being able to hear the speeches and see all the kids and seeing the winners, I think I thought that was really great. And again, if we do this two years from now, you got any messages for your future, Lily? Um, be yourself. Remember where you come from. Um, well, what do you want to do now that you're older? Now that you're you know a couple years older, you still kind of want to get in the same things. You still want to do. Did you say you want to be a doctor last time. Yeah, I want to yeah. be a neurosurgeon. Yeah, still want to be a neurosurgeon. Yes, sir. What do you think? What do you think the club can help you do now that you're a little bit older? Uh, there's some things that you're, you know, especially after doing Youth of the Year and stuff like that. Is there anything that you've learned at the club that you think is going to help you get there? Um, being myself, being confident with who I am, like I said. Um, I think the club is great. I love it. Tell me get to where I am today. Tell me be more ambitious. Tell me learn more about myself. And I'm still learning about myself. And just like I've matured a lot, I feel like. Help me learn about other people and just be, how do I word this? Be a better person, I guess you could say. They help raise great humans. And at the end, I think that's what we all want, just have a greater society. I want to come here and work. <laughs> <laughs> From what I can see, it's going to be your staff. Uh, it just seems that they are so loving and so supportive of the kids. 
I think the people, the admin, the staff, everybody who come here every day and make it their point to be invested in the kids' lives, I think that definitely makes a difference because it made a difference for me. I think you guys are doing it. I mean, I just can't tell you enough like how appreciative I was to see the, the it was a couple of kids. It was two sets of the kids that both said, you know, just about how open and 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 they were young and they would just feel it. They just feel that they're accepted no matter what. And and even your staff was saying just whatever background of life you come from, whatever gender, whatever race, anything you identify with kind of just dissipates and, and you just seems like you guys come together to um, create such a great space for them. Because you see the staff and they just spread kindness. So I feel like that's definitely help. Like like if I see a kid who's having a bad day, like, hey, don't worry about it. It's okay. Like tomorrow's a new day. You'll for, you'll, by the time you wake up in the morning, you'll forget that you had this issue. This is four walls. You know, there's a, a basketball court. I mean, it's not that. It's it's not a place to come. It's the people that are that are in here, that are creating um, that safe place and and those magical moments for those kids. So I mean, it's all about people in my in my view. Basically, everyone is all working to the same goal for helping us students as much as they possibly can in whatever way they can, and they succeed every time. They haven't failed me yet. I wish that I would have had it as a kid. I mean. Don't get me wrong, I had a great childhood. My parents were wonderful, but for somebody that did not feel normal like everybody else, um, having a place like this to come and, and have support of grown-ups um, would have would have meant the world to me. So I'm just glad that y'all are here. That's one thing I love about the Boys and Girls Club. Always will. Our hope is that when they're older, they remember that we were there. If you or someone you know is struggling or in crisis, help is available. Call or text 988 or chat 988lifeline.org. You can also reach Crisis Text Line by texting MHA to 741741. If the LGBTQ plus teens don't have a place, then there's psychological, there's physical harm that is proven many times over that if, if you're not able to be your authentic self and you're made to feel less than a human, then, I mean, the suicide rates for gay teens are four times more. There's alcohol abuse, there's drug abuse, there's self-harm. There's so many things that, that our minds can be left to do to ourselves if we don't feel loved. So that's why it's so important that we're out there, you know, we're visible to those that want to be a part of um, our programs and our center and know that they have a safe place to come to. Combating those kind of stereotypes, you know, I think is important and, and really kind of a multifaceted approach when it comes to the community. You mentioned the Diversity Center. You know, what are some of the resources that you think are, are really valuable for kids that are looking for, you know, answers or looking for support or just acceptance? I mean, other than the Diversity Center, I mean, there's 
right up the street northwest, you have Humble Hustle or the collective um, that Xavier Duckett runs. The Youth Saga, which is under um, diversity camp, that's that's definitely an option. Um, we have other groups that meet, which it's the lady, ladies and gents of of the Blue Ridge, and I know it sounds like a grown-up group, but it's actually for any, any all ages that identify as transgender. So, I mean, there's lots of options in Roanoke. It's so important for people in a position to be able to tell the kids where to go, where to find their options. Thank you for joining us on this incredible journey of The Magic Within, a podcast series by Boys and Girls Clubs of Southwest Virginia. Thank you to our guests who shared their stories on this episode. We want to extend a special invitation to you, our listener. If you believe, as we do, that every child deserves a chance to shine and reach their full potential, please support our mission. Your contributions can make a profound impact, helping us continue to unlock the magic within each young person that we serve. Visit our website at www.bgcswva.org to find out how you can get involved, donate, and volunteer. Together, we can create brighter futures for the youth across our region. This series was created by Will Solari and Emily Pinkerton and edited and produced by Will Solari. Thank you to our podcast series sponsor, P1 Technologies, and episode sponsor, Carmus, with additional support from Branch Group, Whistler Plumbing and Air, Cox Communications, Safe House Signs, Pinnacle Financial Partners, Roanoke Valley Orthodontics, New River Electrical, Dominion Risk Advisors, First Citizens Bank, Freedom First, and Member One Federal Credit Union. Our theme music is titled Sonata for a Red Moon and was composed and performed by our very own 17-year-old club member, Rex. We appreciate you joining us. Until next time, keep believing in the magic within.